Hey there, Off The Grid listener. Let's take a moment to dream a little dream together. What if you didn't need to be perfect? You didn't need to start over. You didn't need to be small and quiet so you never caused harm. And you didn't need to do it alone or just try harder. What if instead you could get support at a nervous system level to weather whatever happens in your business? And you could learn trauma-informed best practices for your work that end cycles of freezing, fawning, or people-pleasing. What if you could be held in deep care as you practice honoring your boundaries and amending and accounting for inevitable harm? If any of these dreams are resonating, I want to invite you to join Foundations, a hybrid training container to strengthen your trauma-informed care and business practices taught by podcast sponsor and somatic trauma-informed practitioner, Jess Jackson. Foundations gathers May 17th through 19th with live trainings and a virtual portal with an actionable curriculum. Learn more and save your spot at the link in the show notes. Welcome to Off The Grid, a podcast for small business owners who want to leave social media without losing all their clients. I'm Amelia Ruby, writer, speaker, and founder of Softer Sounds Podcast Studio. On this show, I share stories, strategies, and experiments for growing your business with radical generosity and energetic sovereignty. Download your free Leaving Social Media Toolkit at softersounds.studio slash buy IG and join us as we do it all off the grid. Welcome back to Off the Grid, or if it's your first time here, welcome to Off the Grid. I'm your host, Amelia Fruby. We are in season two of the show. Super excited to be back for a second season. And today's episode is tongue in cheek called 10 Things I Hate About Content Marketing. Now, that is just a funny, punny play (laughs) off of 10 things I hate about you. I promise I am not really a hater. And this episode is not really just going to be a bunch of hate for content marketing. But what it is going to be is me trying to break through a lot of the myths around content marketing that I think are dangerous for small business owners, or the things that lead us astray when we try to leave social media and then invest all of our time in making content for our business and other places. So today's episode is going to be a lot like the very first episode of this podcast where I broke down the myths that social media platforms feed us. Today, we're going to break down the myths of content marketing. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Before that, a couple quick housekeeping things. If you're new around here, then you definitely want to hear about the free Leaving Social Media Toolkit. If you already got it, you're a pro. Thanks for downloading. The Leaving Social Media Toolkit is a resource that I've created to go alongside this podcast. It includes three amazing things. My five-step plan for leaving social media, my list of 100 ways to share your work off of social media, and an amazing creative marketing experiments database. So all of that You can get at softersounds.studio slash B-Y-E-I-G or just head to the show notes or look down below if you're on YouTube, head to the link, put in your email and it's yours for free. 
It pairs really nicely with the first four or five episodes of the show. So if you're new here, get the toolkit, go back and listen and enjoy. It's a free mini course that is going to bring you so much support. If you're thinking about stepping away from social media, or if you want to launch a business without social media, or if you've already left social media and you need some support figuring out how to market differently, all of that for free in the toolkit. So go get it. I think that's all our housekeeping today, and I'm excited to get into this episode. So let's dive in to 10 things I hate about content marketing. Okay, before we go to the list of 10, first, I want to get us on the same page about what content marketing is. So I think if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have heard that phrase, but like, what is it? Well, to find the definition, I went to contentmarketinginstitute.com. That's just a Google result that I found, but they have a good definition. (laughs) And so they say, I'm quoting here, content marketing is a strategic marketing approach focused on creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content to attract and retain a clearly defined audience and ultimately to drive profitable customer action. So let me break that down. Content marketing is a marketing strategy, a marketing strategy that focuses on making content, And the goal of that content is to attract an audience and get them to buy stuff. That's it. Content marketing is making content to get people to buy stuff. So social media marketing is one form of content marketing in many instances. So why do people like content marketing? Before we dive into why I don't like it, let's talk about why people like it. It's not all bad. People like content marketing because it works so well on the internet. But once you have search engines and you have social media, geez, content marketing is everywhere. So the helpful Content Marketing Institute gave us four more specific reasons people love content marketing. So here's what they are. People love content marketing because of increased sales, makes the money. We all like to make the money. Cost savings, way cheaper than buying placement in so many other places or doing events or all sorts of more expensive marketing tactics. It creates better customers who have more loyalty. I think the idea here is that through content, you're providing value and people become loyal to you because they appreciate that value. And then fourth, content can be a profit center, which what they mean by that is the content itself can make you money. So you can sell content, you can gate content, you can put ads on content, like you can make money off of this thing that is your marketing channel. So to recap, reasons people love content marketing so much, it works great on the internet, it increases your sales, it saves you money, it creates customers who are loyal, and it can make money itself. Those are all great things. I don't want to deny that. I I know I sound a little sarcastic, but I do think there's a lot of value in content and even in content marketing. However, I am over it. And honestly, a lot of my friends and fellow business owners are over content marketing as well. And I think we're over it for a lot of reasons that I am going to share in today's episode. So let's move into the 10 things I hate about content marketing. Number one, content marketing often masks a lack of business foundations. So something I see too often is people who start making content before they even have a business. This was me. I was making content on Instagram before I ever had a business. And then they slash we never learn the business fundamentals that will help us actually make money from our huge amounts of efforts that we're putting into this. So let me give an example. Say you are a tarot reader on Instagram and you're like, I read tarot. I would like some clients. 
amazing. You see what the other tarot readers you love on Instagram are doing and you're like, great, they're posting spreads and they're doing free card pulls in stories. Awesome. I'll do that. So you start making this content. You post the spreads. You put them on your Instagram. Maybe you put them on your blog. You do the free one card pulls and stories once a week. You start developing and building content. You likely may do that before you even have a booking link for people to pay you. Or maybe you have a booking link, but you're not really sure like, okay, these are the three types of offerings I want to do. Or you haven't run any numbers on like, okay, well, this is what my booking link will cost me per month. So I need to make this much to cover that plus any other expenses I have. And I'd like to make this much per reading. So I need to figure out what to charge. You know, those business foundations of developing your offers, figuring out your pricing, setting up your systems, Often with content marketing, all of that becomes secondary to making the content. And I think we get taught through example or, you know, sometimes just through what people teach us that we should make the content first and put the content first and the offerings and everything else will come later. I just think that's a problem (laughs) for people who want their businesses to support them. I'm not saying if you've done that, that it's bad. Just pointing out it's one of the reasons I'm over content marketing because it can mask this lack of business foundations. And I think that those business foundations help support us in supporting ourselves through our business endeavors. Okay, number two, second reason I am over content marketing. The content first approach promotes this myth that if our content just gets good enough, we will find success. This is the same myth that came up when I talk about the myths of social media, that if our posts just get good enough, we will be successful. We will go viral. We will get all the followers. All we have to do is be good enough to be successful. And it's just a lie, y'all. Like success on social media and success in content. Yes, there's like better and worse and you can get better. But at a certain point, it's just about the platform. It has nothing to do with how good your content is. Like I find there's really a plateau of like you can learn some skills and get better and better. And then it's just like then you're just amidst all the other people who are doing great work. And which one of you gets the top of the search engine or the viral TikTok or the 10,000 followers? It's really just kind of the mystical algorithms of the platforms. And there's nothing we can do about that. So I think it's just a myth that if our content gets good enough, we'll find success. And also like, what is success anyway? You know, like these platforms are selling us this generic idea of success, but we really have to step in and define success for ourselves. That leads me to number three, which is this myth leads us to just spin out and spiral into making new content, better content, more content into perpetuity forever and ever. Amen. We get in this cycle of just like new, 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 more, more, more. And because of that, we become these content making machines on this promise that we're going to like grow a huge audience and make a lot of money. But without the actual support of the platforms who promised us that, And then when we lack those business foundations, we can't make it work anyway. And all of a sudden, if you're me, you've published dozens and dozens and dozens of blog posts, but you haven't made any money and you're exhausted and you don't know like how you're ever going to keep doing this because the capacity doesn't come from nowhere. Like you have to be resourced to make this stuff. That's where I think money comes into it. Like we want to sell things so we can be resourced to keep creating the resources 
But content marketing, the way that it's often kind of sold to us or how we pick it up from our experiences on these platforms just doesn't give us that. There's so much more to a business than the content. So those reasons I think were about this sort of trap that we get into with the content first approach. Now, I think that there's an issue that content marketing creates with our audience and our community. So even though we are making content for an audience, right, we are making content to try to attract clients. I have found in my experience of making content for many years now that often the act of making content when you're a solopreneur can end up siloing you away from your community because you're spending your time focused on the content rather than focus on connecting with real humans. I cannot tell you how many times me, myself, and I have spent you know, a whole day or even a whole week making a bunch of content, trying to get people in the door and not even responding to the emails in my inbox of the people who are in the door because I'm so stuck in this cycle of like, got to get more people in, get more people in, make the content to bring the people in, that I'm not attending to the people who are already in as well as I could. And I think that this is a trap of content marketing. It can end up siloing us away from our community because we're focusing on the content. If we spent that time instead, just like emailing every person who'd ever been interested in our business, rather than making content for them, that might yield more results for us than simply, you know, making the content. Number five, all our time spent making content makes us forget that we actually need to sell things to have a business. So I think a lot of us deny this, like we'll say like, of course, I'm selling stuff like I'm making content, so it'll sell stuff. But something I see a lot is that the selling is buried like six layers deep from the content, right? A very common sequence would be to have a lead magnet and a nurture sequence. But how early do you sell in that process? I've had to ask myself this recently, like, okay, I've got my free newsletter, my lead magnets and my nurture sequence. And the place I actually sell something is at the final two emails of the nurture sequence. And that makes me ask myself, (laughs) like, what's most important to me here? Now, sometimes what's important is to nurture community. So if I'm really clear with myself that like this lead magnet like needs a lot of nurturing to buy the thing, great. But I don't think that's always the case. Sometimes I think we hide the sale because we're afraid of being out there and being for sale. Not that you have to be for sale in your business, but like having our offerings for sale. And you may say to yourself like, well, they're on my website, so they can go find them on my website. But I find that people have to be coached more and more through like, have you looked at the offering? Would you like this? Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you what's great about it. Hear what other people say that's great about it. Like I'm really for myself trying to move to nurture sequences that sell a lot earlier and that just share offerings more regularly. And I'm trying to put more of my offerings in all of the communications that I send because I got feedback from people that like they loved everything that I wrote, but they didn't totally know what I offered. And I realized like that's on me and it's happening because content marketing has told me that I need to provide so much value up front before I ever dare to sell something. And that I think is false. I also think another reason we do that is because we think through that we can ensure that people will definitely buy it. Like I gave them all this free stuff. Of course, they're going to buy the thing that comes at the end. And let me tell you, that is just setting yourself up for resentment in your business. Like if you are overgiving in your business, you will resent people when they don't buy things. And that's not a healthy relationship with your community and your clients. We have to step back from the overgiving. 
On to number six and reasons I'm over content marketing. It falsely relocates our business value in our content instead of in our offerings or our products. Content can be a great pairing to an offering or a product. I'm not saying don't make it, but your business's value, unless you are a content company, a media company, like your business's value is in your offerings, your products, and your processes. It's not in your content. So I think that so many of us have been trained through these online business models to just like lead magnet ourselves to death, offer free things until we're so depleted, we can't even sell the things that are for sale. And I really want to encourage us to step more and more away from that. That said, I do believe in radical generosity in our businesses. I'm not saying don't be generous. I'm not saying don't share. I'm not saying don't offer things for free. I offer a lot of free stuff in my business, right? Like, you can learn to make a podcast for me without paying me a dollar. It's really important to me in Softer Sounds that we never gatekeep knowledge of how to start a podcast. It doesn't mean I'll do it with you or for you <laughs> with for, for zero dollars, but I will tell you how to do it for no money because that information is so important to me that that be shared generously and radically and everywhere. So I do that. Even with this podcast, right? This is so much free support. You know, as I said at the beginning of this episode, the toolkit and the first five episodes, that's a free mini course, totally free that you can take and you can use to support yourself in leaving social media. That's important to me. That said, there are also offers (laughs) available that I try to talk about that are in the nurture sequence. I think the first or very second email, like I'm really working on making clear that there are ways to support people because the value of my business isn't just in the free content. On to number seven, the companies whose value is in their content are media companies. This is really building off of number six. Like if you are a media company, your value is in your content and your people who make the content. But we are not all media companies. And I think that content marketing kind of tricks us into believing we are or we should be, right? This to me is like a danger of the Substack model, which no shade. I love Substack. But it's just, is your newsletter marketing or is it an offering? And, you know, all of these paid newsletters, they're wonderful and beautiful. And I subscribe to many of them. (laughs) However, I think sometimes folks would be so much better served just like teaching a workshop or a course than trying to get people to pay for their newsletter right? Like I think it should be really clear to you, like is my email itself the offering or is my email a portal to the offering? And I think that both can be true. I'm not saying you can't have it all. I'm just saying that can be more challenging if you aren't clear on what is for what and how. And so I think a lot of us get distracted you know, it goes back into why people love content marketing, right? Like what Content Marketing Institute told us, content can be a profit center. Content can make you money. That is true. But I think you should ask yourself, like, is my business really about making content? For some folks, like say you're a writer, it is. And so having a paid newsletter makes a lot of sense because you want to make money off of the things that you are writing. That's your goal. That makes perfect sense to me. For a business like my own, I help people make podcasts. I don't need to make money off of the content that I'm making. I want that content to help me get people to pay me money for the things I actually do. I think that this is another danger of content marketing, another reason that I'm over it. So that was a swirl. (laughs) Thanks for following me through the swirl. Let's do a quick recap, make sure we're all on the same page. So this episode is about, if you're just tuning in, 10 things I hate about content marketing. 
So I just gave you seven reasons why I am over content marketing. I'm going to recap them real quick. Number one, content marketing often masks a lack of business foundations. Number two, content marketing promotes a content first approach with the myth that if our content gets good enough, we will succeed. Number three, that myth distracts us with the task of making newer, more and better content all the time when we should be working on our business foundations and offerings. Number four, even though we're making content for an audience, it often distracts us from nurturing our existing community. Number five, all that time spent making content tends to make us forget we actually need to sell things to have a business and we should be selling them more often. Number six, content marketing falsely relocates our business value and our content rather than our offerings, our products, our processes, and our people. And number seven, the companies whose value is in their content are media companies. And we are not all media companies, no matter what Substack or anyone else wants you to believe. (laughs) So that's our seven. Now, how am I going to get to 10? Okay, well, to get to 10, I came up with three things that bug me about specific types of content marketing. So in this next section, I have three points. One about social media content marketing, one about SEO driven content marketing, and one about lead magnet content marketing. So these are like content marketing strategies within content marketing under the umbrella of content marketing that I've got a gripe with. So welcome to the gripe corner. Here's my gripe with social media content marketing. Social media content marketing fries our attention span and points us toward vanity metrics instead of business metrics. So if you want to learn about the frying our attention span part, go listen to my episode with Vicki Curtis, one of the writers of The Social Dilemma, or go watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Social media does a lot to mess with our nervous system, our attention abilities, all of that. What I think is maybe more important here is that social media content marketing focuses us on vanity metrics instead of business metrics. So what do I mean by that? When you're on social media, what you tend to care about more is going to be your audience size and engagement. But in your business, what's way more important are things like your conversion rate. How many people are actually buying from your audience? It doesn't matter how big your audience is. You have to actually do the math of what do your offerings cost? How much do you want to make? And how many people do you need to buy them to make that? Then figure out, When I have an audience of XYZ size, how many people actually buy things? And then how many people do I want to buy things? Now let's, you know, 10 times whatever the audience size to figure that out. Social media (laughs) doesn't give us those numbers, right? Like they're pointing us toward very different things. We don't all need to grow big audiences. That's a vanity thing. That's an ego thing. It's great if you do that, but we don't all need to do that for our business to be successful, for ourselves to be supported. So I think social media content marketing just points us in the wrong direction for what success means. Gripe number two, or reason I'm over content marketing number nine, whatever. (laughs) SEO driven content marketing makes everything skimmable, even us. Now, I like to skim an article just as much as the next person. (laughs) I love some headings and some bullet points and some organization. However, Not every single thing lends itself toward headings and bullet points. Some things need longer to be explained. Sometimes our offerings are so special, but what they're going to give you is not three bullet points. And I think that SEO-driven content marketing just so skews toward the efficient, easy answers 
And not everything in life has efficient, easy answers. And so I think it makes everything more skimmable and it makes our offerings and our relationships, unfortunately, more shallow because the people who can make the stuff skimmable in SEO are always going to show up better in results than the people who maybe are really unpacking the thing to the depth and nuance it deserves. So that's my gripe with SEO-driven content marketing. And finally, number 10 is about lead magnets. Now, I have a lot of lead magnets. I promote lead magnets, but I got some issues with lead magnets. So here's my gripe. Lead magnet content marketing places our value in free things, which dilutes our audience and lowers prices. Anytime somebody's willing to come in and just give away the whole thing for free in a lead magnet in your industry, it does overall in people's minds lower what that's worth if you're trying to charge for it. Now, should that make you scared? No. I work in the podcast industry. (laughs) There are plenty of people out there giving away totally free how to launch your podcast courses. And that does not impact my business selling podcast launch packages. Like people want different levels of support. They want to work with different types of people. I think that that's beautiful. What I've found personally in my business is that when I have a really lead magnet heavy approach or lead magnet first approach, it really does dilute my mailing list to people who want free stuff, many of whom are never going to pay me for something. And at the end of the day, I want a list of people who are at least interested in paying me in the future because it helps me know, like, what is my actual audience size? Like, I may send an email to 500 people, but if 300 of them are on there because I gave them a free thing and they're not actually really going to buy something from me, I'm actually only sending that email to 200 people who might buy something. And This is getting a little bit in the weeds, but I think for myself, what I've found is I'd much rather have a list of people who are interested in my offerings, like actively interested in them now or in the future, that's smaller. I'm going to have better open rates. I'm going to have better conversion rates than like fluffing up my list with people who want lead magnets, who just wanted the free thing. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't offer the free resource. I'm just saying that it can get us in the territory of vanity metrics again, right? Where we're overgiving and we're just growing an audience that's not actually related to the people who are going to financially support our business. There are lots of other ways to support a business than financially. So I'm not saying that it's not worthwhile. It's just an annoyance I've had. It's a gripe. I get to have my own gripes. (laughs) (laughs) that I have noticed that the more lead magnets I offer, the bigger my list gets and the lower my opens and conversions get. And I've been questioning it. Like to me, that makes me question the whole strategy of lead magnets. So those are our 10 things that went pretty fast. What do you think? (laughs) The irony, I will say now, of course, the irony of all of this is that this podcast is content marketing, right? I'm giving you content. I am making content, hoping that you will purchase something from me. I mean, I'm happy to make it. I'm happy if you never do. But of course, over time, I hope that eventually you purchase the Business Success Without Social Media mini course, or you sign up to the refresh when it comes back this summer, or you become a coaching client. Like Those are ways that I make money that support me such that I have the capacity and resources to continue making the podcast, right? Like It doesn't come from nowhere. Those resources don't come from nowhere. They come from the results of this content that I'm creating. So I will be clear for the 20,000th time that I am not saying all content is bad. I use a lot of content marketing strategies at Softer Sounds and here at Off the Grid. But 
the butt is coming. Content is just one small piece of what makes a successful business. In my core offers, core channels, and core community framework, the framework that I teach in business success without social media and in the refresh, content marketing nestles under channels. And really, like it actually, the channels are like the specific places you do content marketing. And then there are strategies associated with each one of them. We need to be more strategic about our content. We need to be more boundaried about how much time we spend on it. And we need to be much more clear about what we hope to get from creating content. That way, we can actually grow our beautiful businesses instead of just making more content, instead of becoming content making machines. I don't know about you, but my purpose in life is not to make content. Some people's is. If you run a content company, beautiful. If you make content for other people, gorgeous. I mean, I run a podcast company. I make content for other people. But what I really work with my clients on is how can your podcast be like your core piece of content such that everything else comes from there and it really does feed your ecosystem and becomes reciprocal. Like it's all feeding into each other. It's a beautiful mycelial network in your business. It's an ecosystem, not simply just another thing you're grinding out. That's what I want for all of us. So thank you for tuning in to the 10 things I hate about content marketing. I really, you know, this episode was one I was excited to make and a little nervous about making. I'm sure people will have issues with things that I've shared here. Also, I don't like to be a hater, but I just think that I spent all last fall, you know, having voice message convos with my friends about how we're sick of making content for our businesses. And this episode is kind of what came through in those conversations. So shout out to Mary Grace Allardyce, my friend and co-teacher of Living Systems who will be on the pod soon. Also shout out to my friend Taylor Lee Morrison, also my co-founder of the Lifestyle Business League. We have been questioning content creation together as well. So if you want to continue this conversation, if you have your own gripes about content marketing, if you are sick of making content, or if you love making content and you would like to rebut every single one of my claims, send me an email or send me a voice message. The links are all in the show notes. Would love to hear from you and your takes on content marketing. And I think that's it for this week, friends. Thanks for enjoying my content. Go get more free content (laughs) by downloading the Leaving Social Media Toolkit at softersounds.studio slash by IG. And until next time, y'all, I will see you off the grid. Thanks for listening to Off The Grid. Find links and resources in the show notes. And don't forget to grab your free Leaving Social Media Toolkit at softersounds.studio slash by IG. That's softersounds.studio slash B-Y-E-I-G. This podcast is a Softer Sounds production. Our music is by Purple Planet and our logo is by Natalia Studio. If you'd like to make a podcast of your own, we'd love to help. Find more about our services at softersounds.studio. Until next time, we'll see you off the grid.